welcome to Where Are You Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. I'm Apollonia, tonight's co-host, a junior from Athens, Greece. I'm majoring in hotel and tourist management, minoring in media culture and communication, and I'm an RA in Founders Hall. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Welcome, Apollonia. Tell me a little bit about Founders Hall. You like it? I love it. It's been a great experience so far, and it's very rewarding to realize that you're making a positive impact to the life of residents. And I also like to think about it as a way to give back to NYU. Tell me a little bit about Athens. Is that a place I should go and visit? Definitely. I would say that Athens is the place that everyone should visit in Greece, especially if it's their first time visiting the country. And for me, Athens will always be a special place because it's home. And now when you came to NYU, that was the first time you came to the United States. Exactly. Hard transition? It was a hard transition, but at the same time, it was a transition that I was really looking forward to. It was a hard transition because I didn't have my family with me, so it was all by myself. Well, we are very glad to have you here. Thank you, and we have a great guest tonight. Who? Today, our guest is Colin Staten, who served as an RA in Palladium Hall for Kristen Sylvester and Blake Redding during the 2005-2006 academic years. Welcome, Colin, and thank you for joining us on today's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you? And where are you? I am good. Thank you for asking. It's also an honor for me to be a part of this. I am currently actually in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Excellent. Colin, it's nice to hear your voice. Tell us what you've done since you've graduated from NYU. Okay. Right after NYU, I started my first career or my first job, which was at Lufthansa German Airlines. I majored in business in German, so I can actually be one of those people who said I used my degree in my first job. I was always very interested in aviation, and I always loved travel, so it was something that I knew that I wanted to do was be a part of the airline industry. So I worked for Lufthansa German Airlines for about six and a half years. I was a management trainee for them and worked in a bunch of different sectors of the company, worked all over the world. And eventually ended up in marketing, where I did a lot of strategic marketing with integrated programs. And that's actually what led me to my next job, which was in publishing. I worked at Esquire magazine under the Hearst umbrella, was there for almost four years and was the director for fashion and luxury goods there, which was really awesome. I learned a lot. It was cool to then go on the marketing, be on the publishing side of, of marketing. And then I missed aviation and the airline world so much that I decided to go back to aviation. I worked for Qatar Airways for about a year and once again, doing marketing. And then I decided to go out on my own and do my own thing. I opened an LLC actually in the summer of 2017 and started doing freelance marketing work so that I could concentrate on my most recent life goal, which was getting my pilot certification, which is something that I've wanted to do ever since I was a kid. So that's where I'm at now. It's always so inspiring to see people pursuing their passions. Let's jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you study while at NYU? My majors were German and business, and then I minored in European studies. Colin, what, so what were you involved in extracurricularly during your, your time here uh, on the square? So I was involved with the LGBT office. Um, we had some different programming that we did at that time where we would give seminars to staff and administrators and even professors about 
you know, what it meant to be an ally and how to be an ally. And then those people would get like a sticker that they could put up in their office so that people would know that it was a safe space to come and talk. So I worked at the LGBT office. That was really amazing. I also was in the German club um, since I was a German major. And then I was a work-study student. So I think I worked at one point in the library putting labels on like the spines of books, which is super interesting. Um, but actually, I think my work-study thing was my intro to Res Life because my first work-study job, Hayden Hall freshman year, was working at the front desk and also working in the administrative office under the residence hall manager. So that was kind of my intro into residence life. So what exactly made you apply for the RA position? I think that when I moved in to Hayden Hall my freshman year, I was so nervous, I was so scared. And I can still remember the people that were there, the RAs that were there that were wearing the same shirts so that you knew that they were RAs. And I saw those people and they were just like these beacons. And I remember thinking, I feel a lot more comforted and safe that I have these people that I can turn to. And then my immediate reaction was, I want to do this. <laughs> I want to do that. So I really did use those resources. I loved my RA in my freshman year. A lot of my friends ended up being people who were RAs. I was involved in residence life. I told you in kind of the administrative way at Hayden, but my sophomore year at Water Street, I was the treasurer for Water Street residence hall at that time. So I was always kind of involved in residence life, and I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. What was it like once you started the RA position, the relationships that you started to form with your peers as RAs, but then also your residents? The relationships were great. It was actually a really awesome community to come back to because I studied abroad my junior year, the entire year in Berlin, and then I came back and was an RA my senior year, and it was awesome to have this group of people Because at Palladium, there were two RAs per floor, and I think there were 14 floors. There was at least 28 RAs in that building. So it was nice to have this new family of people to kind of welcome me back and a, and a new community of people. Because senior year, I mean, let's be honest, most people have their foundation. They have their friends, which leads me to my next point is that being an RA to a group of seniors is a completely different ballgame than being an RA to a group of freshmen because freshmen aren't as established and they really, I think, depend and rely on those RA resources. And seniors, you know, they've kind of got it figured out. They might not be as willing to come to you for help. So you as the RA have to be a little bit more vigilant and mindful of people and just watch for any idiosyncrasies and say like, hey, was this person Did they look like they had a bad day? Let me go approach them and talk to them about this. The relationships that I formed, I mean, I'm still friends on Facebook with a lot of the residents that I had on my floor, and I really enjoy keeping up with them and know what's going on in their lives, even if it's just through Facebook. So back in your days in Palladium, what were the biggest issues happening on campus? At that time, I want to say that there was just a big concern around mental health issues because while it had to have been my sophomore year, there was a suicide that happened on campus, which was devastating to the entire community because I think there's so many tremendous resources at NYU and anybody that was involved in residence life or in the residence halls was just completely devastated that something like this could even happen on our campus. I think that was definitely something that was was top of mind, making sure that 
no one felt like they didn't have someone to turn to, to talk to. My senior year as an RA, I think that was something that was top of mind for me to make sure that it would be impossible for me to overlook something like that. And which is why I said, if, if I would see one of my residents around and it looked like they had a bad day, that was the perfect intro for me to go up and start a conversation with them and make sure that everything actually was okay. And if it wasn't, who could I get them in touch with if I couldn't help them to talk about that problem? Colin, what skills do you think you gained from being an RA that you use today uh, in your current work? I would say emotional intelligence. <laughs> That's something that I've seen in a lot of corporate settings that I've been been in that um, I feel like emotional intelligence is one of those things that just is lacking. <laughs> and I think you can't do the RA job if you don't have emotional intelligence. Like I said, you have to be really aware of your residents, what's going on with them in their lives. And even if you're RA2, a group of seniors who aren't going to be coming to you, you have to be perceptive enough to start those conversations, be compassionate, be a good listener. You need to be able to relate really well to other people. And I think that's a really good muscle to train because if you can do that, you will be so much more successful in any job you choose to do thereafter. Was there anything that surprised you about being an RA? One of the things that probably su surprised me, I'm saying this now in retrospect, that being a, an RA to a group of seniors is different than a group of freshmen, but I did have this vision in my head of doing these big events on our floor because that's more of what I was exposed to and what I loved my freshman year about my residence hall experience. And I really loved that. And I think as a senior, there wasn't as much participation in huge numbers as what I would have thought. So that maybe surprised me a little bit, but it's not to say that it wasn't effective or that we didn't do our jobs well or anything like that. It's just that when you get a senior crowd, you have to engage them in a different way. You're not going to throw an ice cream social and expect like 100 people to show up like you would if you were in a freshman residence hall. It's such a hard transition from your expectations of being a freshman, having that experience close with the RA, and then going to the upper class area. It can be really difficult, but I want to change gears a little bit. I want to hear a little bit about pilot. How did you think about wanting to be a pilot? How did I know you worked in the industry, but was that it, the reason? Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a pilot. It was my ultimate goal, my dream. And I'm actually red, green, color deficient in my eyes. So I've always failed colorblind tests. People always said, you can't be a pilot because you can't see color. So I just always thought, well, how am I going to make this a part of my life? I was always into travel. But oddly enough, a lot of times when I would travel someplace, the most interesting part of the whole experience was on the plane <laughs> for me. So it was always a part of who I was. And I thought, you know, I, if I can't be a pilot, then I want to be in aviation, which is why I went the route I did after college. But I finally decided and said, you know what, I was actually on my honeymoon with my husband in Africa like a year and a half ago. And we were traveling on these small little planes. And I was sitting in that co-pilot seat because the planes were that small. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, what am I doing with my life? This is what I want to do. So we got back from Africa and I said, all right, I'm going to resign from my job and I'm going to start my own gig so I can freelance and make some money on the side and then put all of my effort and all of my time into the pilot certification. And needless to say, when I did the research and I did a lot of research on colorblindness and pilots, you actually can be a pilot even if you're red, green, color deficient. So I'm living proof that even when someone tells you no, scientifically, medically, you can't do something, you maybe still can. Good for you for breaking those boundaries. I love it. I love it. 
This is a very inspiring story. What are you most proud of in your career to date? The different companies that I've worked for, they've all been really amazing companies. I've met some really amazing people, had some really successful events and campaigns and things that I've led. In my last job, I had a team of people under me and I was able to lead that team, which I should have also mentioned when you asked before how being an RA can help you in the future. I think it helps you lead a team of people much more effectively as well. But I, I definitely think the biggest successes I've had has been working for some big household names like Esquire Magazine and just being successful in a place like New York City. And you forget that it's one of the most craziest cities in the world. It's one of the most competitive places. You've got everybody who wants to be there. And if you want to be there, you have to give it your all to actually stay there. So I think when you step back a little bit and you're like, oh my gosh, I lived in New York for 15 years. I live in Philly now. We just moved here less than a year ago, but I survived New York for 15 years and was successful in a few different careers there. And that is pretty awesome. You thrived. You didn't survive. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing in your current role in your own company right now. What kind of consulting are you doing? So it's a lot of what I was doing in my publishing role that I had at Hearst Publishing. And I still have a lot of connections and friends there that I made. And when I said, hey, I'm playing with the idea of going out on my own, my old boss there was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to have you work with us again, even if it's on a freelance capacity. And let's be honest, I mean, once you kind of get a look behind the curtains in the corporate world, everything is always being downsized. And marketing is one of those areas where the teams keep getting smaller. So they're always looking for outside help, no matter what the industry is. So I was able to link back up with Hearst. And right now I'm focusing on a lot of research marketing, which I love, where you basically take a bunch of facts and figures and it can be very Excel spreadsheet heavy. And you put together a story that's factually based that can sell product. So that's my gig right now. Do you still stay in contact with other RA alums? I do. I do. Actually, one of my closest and dear friends, Bob Reyes, who we were friends before we even became RAs together. But yes, I definitely stay in touch with Bob, my friend Dan Sikanolfi. He was an RA actually at Brittany Halls, um, not at Palladium, but we definitely still keep in touch. And then there's a bunch of RAs that were on our staff there, like Shanaka and Artem and Lori and... Jake, I could go on and on, but they're all really awesome people. And like, much like with my residents, I just love seeing what's going on in their lives because these people were all selected for a reason. They all represented a different community and a different spirit at NYU. And it's just really awesome to see everybody thriving and doing their own thing now. And you can give a shout out for the person who nominated you for this gig in the podcast tonight. Rita, Rita Piccolo. I mean, she was I have to say, when I think about Rita and everything that she did for me freshman year, I could actually start to cry because <laughs> she's that awesome. But she was monumental to my success and my transition because I also think people that go to NYU, I mean, a thing that you want to do, you want to go to NYU so bad, but you forget that it's not your traditional college experience. It's, it's very real life. It's very stressful. You're in the city. You've got to be vigilant when you're walking around. It's not a protected place. And um, Rita was there for me and she made a lot of things happen. So yeah, she's amazing. She is. She is. Now it's time for the speed round. We're going to ask you some questions and quick answers. Favorite tradition at NYU? Favorite tradition was probably wearing one of those NYU football shirts. 
um, just because it was funny because we didn't have a football team. I, I loved that. Best dining hall? Totally Hayden, for sure. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? I sat next to Mr. Big. I don't even really know his name, but Mr. Big from Sex and the City at a Starbucks on campus while I was prepping for one of my science classes. That's really cool. Any guilty pleasures while at NYU? There was like an ice cream shop that that was right very close to Weinstein that I definitely remember using that as a procrastination tool for studying. Oh, it's called Tasty Delight. I don't even know if he still exists, but they did back then. Tasty D. Tasty D was my guilty pleasure. I don't think it does. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? Most memorable RA experience was when Bob Reyes, who I just mentioned a second ago, he and I took a handful of people to Coney Island at the very beginning of the senior year season. And we were so afraid because we had done all this work and planning and posters everywhere. And we were in the lobby waiting for people to show up and no one was showing up. 15 minutes later, this group of four people showed up and we took them to Coney Island for the day and ate those weird hot dogs, rode those crazy rides, and we just had an awesome time. That's great. Colin, thank you so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. Of course. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with ARI alums who are living the Dream School alumni version life. Yeah, Colin, thank you so much. Great to hear your voice again and certainly listen to the impact that you made uh, and being impacted by others here at the university. It's uh, great to hear that our work does make a difference. So thanks for being with us. It does. Thank you guys so much, too. Absolutely. And special thanks to my engineer, Juliana Fonseca Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums like Rita Piccolo, Kristen Sylvester, and Blake Redding for really helping us develop skills that make great RAs and doing great things along the way upon their graduation. If you like the show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know more about the RA's favorite books, go to whattheyarereading.blogspot.com. And finally, feel free to tweet to me and tell me some other people, RA alums, that we should be interviewing. Until next time, thank you and hope that you continue to contribute to making each community you're in better and better. <laughs>